Well, thank you so very much, praise team, for leading us so wonderfully to the Lord this morning. And thank you again, Malia, for such a wonderful, special solo today. Uh, One day I encountered a verse with an idea about God that actually startled me. And I recoiled from affirming this idea about God. I was so unaccustomed to thinking about God in this way that I thought as I read this verse, I must be wrong in what I am thinking it is teaching us. Here's the idea. Let me just give it to you. And it is this, as a believer, God wants to serve me. Or if I were to put it in the plural, as believers, God wants to serve us. Now, when we first encounter that, we might say to ourselves, that seems like a crazy idea. This just can't be right. God serve me? Uh, The Creator serving the creature? My daily outlook has been, Lord, I'm your servant. You will never be my servant. Every day I've awakened with this mindset, Lord, I am to serve you. Help me to discern your will and to do today what will accomplish your plan. Now, that is certainly a right way to think, isn't it? Absolutely. I see a couple of heads shaking here this morning. (laughs) That is certainly a right way to think. But there is another side that we may omit. What I have all too often not awakened in the morning to serve is the idea that God wants to serve me. In fact, let me go so far as to put it into a statement this morning for us to think about. Here is the statement. Before we can serve God, He must first serve us. Have you thought about it in that way before? It was a very startling way of thinking about it for me. Now, where does the Bible teach this? Well, we're going to see a number of places where it is taught, but this morning I want to take us to a passage in the Old Testament, and I want to bring a message from Isaiah 64, verses 4 and 5, entitled, Descriptions of God. And so I want you to take your Bibles and turn back with me to the major prophets after Psalms and uh, Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, you come to the major prophets. Turn all the way back to the greatest of the major prophets, Isaiah, to the 64th chapter, and I want you to notice these words from Isaiah in verses 4 and 5. Now, If you uh, need to grab a Bible this morning in the chair Bible in front of you, it's 740, and I want you to notice these very wonderful words. 
Listen to what Isaiah says. From of old, no one has heard or perceived by the ear. No eye has seen a God beside you who acts for those who wait for him. You meet him joyfully. You meet him who joyfully works righteousness. Those who remember you in your ways. Let's bow for just a moment in prayer, shall we? Father, thank you for your nature. Thank you for your character. Thank you for your attributes that are so wonderfully on display in all that you do for us. And help us today to see one of the great marvels of the kind of God that you are. That before you ever ask us to serve you, you must first serve us. Teach us now from your holy word that we might love for Jesus' sake and be more prepared to represent you in this world for Jesus' sake. Amen. Now, so, so startling and unique is this trait about God that Isaiah says in these verses that it is found nowhere else. And to teach us this, what he does is he uses two extremes that include everything else in between. You'll notice that he says... At no time in history. He begins verse 4 by saying, from of old. As far back as you can go, uh, there has not been a God who has been told of like our God. And then notice the second extreme. No human culture. He talks about no one has ever heard or perceived or no eye has ever seen, no God like ours has been observed. So no culture has ever observed a God like ours, and therefore no culture or nation is able to tell about a God like ours. Now specifically here, uh, what Isaiah has in mind is the Exodus and the ten... And all of them ultimately freed Israel from bondage under Egypt. And all of the amazing wonders that God demonstrated as they followed him through the wilderness to the promised land. I want you to think with me for just a moment. Uh, think of Pharaoh the most powerful ruler uh, on the face of the earth at the time. And think of what occurred after his son died in the 10th plague. And it is so wonderfully revealed in the movie, The Ten Commandments. And you remember what occurred after that 10th plague as this powerful world ruler takes his son 
And in total brokenness, he takes the lifeless body of his firstborn son to the sun god of Egypt. He places that body in the outstretched arms of this huge and amazing huge idol. This is the sun god Ra. He is the greatest god in all of Egypt. And then Pharaoh says these words as he places this body in this idol's arms. I'm sure you remember them if you've seen the movie. Son to life, I beg you, restore my son to life if you are a God. If you are a God. And of course, we all know what occurs. There is no response. The idols of Egypt did not serve. They were to be served. All they could do was take. They could not give. But now I want you to notice here the contrast with the Lord. Notice what God does. In verse 4, Isaiah says about him that he acts for his people. And in verse 5, he says he meets with his people. That is a very, very interesting word. It means to meet as a friend. It carries the idea of to meet somebody with kindness it has the concept of meeting somebody with the author offer of help. And I want you to think about this morning what this means. Like two friends who are meeting, where one is going to help the other, so says a friend, kind of God that we have, he meets us as a friend with the offer of help. God serves His people. He is ever giving. He is never, ever needing. Now, I want you to think about it this morning. This is really the only way that it could be. The whole Bible, in so many ways, teaches us this. So let me show you a, a few places in God's Word where this same principle that Isaiah is teaching is taught. For example, anybody who would ask themselves this question, what could we possibly give to God that He doesn't already have? Uh, look with me at what Romans eleven thirty-five and 36 teaches. Re read it with me. Who has ever given to God that God should repay them. For from Him and through Him and for Him are all things. To Him be the glory forever. Amen. Or how about this question? What could we possibly do for God that He can't do said in Himself, right? 
Uh, look at what the Apostle Paul said in Acts 17, 24 and uh, 25. Uh, read these verses with me. The God who made the world and all things in it, since He is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is He served by human hands as though He needed anything, since He Himself gives to all people life and breath and all things. Do you know Jesus said this was His very purpose in coming? Jesus, in the very theme verse of His entire life, said this was His reason to come, that He might serve His people. Notice how He says this. Read this with me in Mark 10, verse 45, another place in the Bible where God is teaching about Himself the very thing that Isaiah is saying. Let's read it. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. The entire purpose so true about our God that Jesus says it's the entire purpose for why I came. Now what are we seeing? What we're seeing is, the truth is, that we have nothing and we need everything. But God is just the opposite. God has everything and He needs nothing. And therefore, before we can ever serve God, we must first allow Him to serve us. Now, as we continue to look at this passage, I want us to notice that there are a couple of things that flow out of this that it's so critical for us to grasp this morning. Here's the first one. God is always ready to help His children in time of need. Let me say that again. God is always ready to help His children in time of need. Think about this. If we are down, He can lift us up. If we have a hard decision, He can give us wisdom. If there is a difficult choice, He can give us courage. And if there is a really hard task, God act and enable us to do it. Not only does God act in this way, but He is eager, He is willing, He wants to serve us. It is His very nature. Somebody who understood this very, very well is the man who gave us the most popular Christian song that has ever been written, Amazing Grace. You all know John Newton, the author of Amazing Grace. Interestingly, this morning, we have some folks from England who are visiting our church this morning. And so, uh, I put this in just because I knew they were coming, all right? <laughs> but I want you to notice what John Newton had to say. Look at this. 
Thou art coming to a king. Large petitions with thee bring. For his grace and power are such, none can ever ask too much. John Newton understood what Isaiah is teaching. That before we can ever serve God, we must allow Him to serve us. Now, here's the second thought that serving us. There are conditions to God serving us. These verses here in Isaiah 64 are describing a healthy relationship with God like two friends who would meet together. But Israel at this time was not in a healthy relationship with God at all. In fact, as you read the surrounding chapters, you will discover they were disobedient, contrary, wayward, and sinful. And God was actually sharing with them that He was going to have to discipline and judge them. What this is in verses 4 and 5 is a prayer by Isaiah that his people would turn back to God and they would enter into a healthy relationship with him. So here's what we are learning in these verses. God wants to serve us, but in order for that to happen, there must be a healthy relationship with the God who wants to bless us. What is that kind of relationship like? If you're a student here today, God wants you to have this kind of relationship as you enter into NMU this fall. For your professors who are going back to teach, this is go to our ship that God wants for them. As we wake up tomorrow morning and go to our jobs and serve in that position, this is the relationship that God wants us to have with Him. And as we lead in our church, this is the kind of relationship God is looking for so that He can serve us in the greatest way. Let's take a couple moments, shall we, to look at them, all right? I want you to say them with me. Here's the first one. Join me, would you? We must wait for Him. Verse 4 says about God, He acts for those who wait for Him. What does it mean to wait on God? It means to follow His guidance. It means to follow His direction. Not running ahead of Him or not running away from Him. You see, God wants to serve us, but He is still God, is He not? God wants to serve us, but He is still God. And He always serves us to achieve His plans. And for His plans to come to fruition means that we have to wait upon Him, wait for His direction and for His guidance, not running ahead of Him or running away from Him.
Here's the second condition in a healthy relationship. Please read it with me. Here it is. We must joyfully work righteousness. Verse 5, he says, you meet him who joyfully works righteousness. Brothers and sisters, God is an awesome and holy God. Amen this morning? And what He does is this. He wants to display His righteousness in this world. And He won't serve us in the way that He wants to if we are unjust or if we are wronging the very people that He wants to reach. And so he says, if you want my abundant blessing to be poured out upon you in a healthy relationship where we meet as friends and one friend assists the other, we must joyfully work righteousness. Here's the third condition. Read it with me. We must remember. His ways. Did you see that in verse 5? You meet those who remember you in your ways. Now in the Bible, ways often refers to the commandments of God in His Word. To turn our backs upon those commandments is to turn our backs upon God Himself. But for God to serve us and to bless us in the way that He wants, we must not turn our backs to Him, but we must turn towards God, not from Him. And so it is very obvious in what Isaiah is saying that we must read and study God's Word to place ourselves in the place of His blessing. I think all of us know this morning that God owes us nothing. We deserve nothing from the Lord. But this is what He wants us to do. He wants us so to be in the place of His blessing that He can use us. And when we put ourselves in that place that He can use us, then we are in the place where He can flow through us in the greatest way blessings upon us. And He pours out His greatest blessings upon us. As we come to September and a new school year, and the summer is over, here is this wonderful appeal from God. I want to first serve you, and then out of that, you can serve me. For that to happen, you must have a healthy relationship with me, and here are the things that I'm calling you to as we meet as friend to friend. Wait for me. Don't run ahead from me. Joyfully work the righteousness that I want to display in the world, and then remember my ways. 
Now, none of us will ever do this perfectly, will we? And God is a God of amazing grace, as John Newton also said. And as we continue to follow Him under His grace and under His love and pursue Him with all of our hearts, then that God serves us. There's a pastor down in Nashville who some of you may have heard. His father was a well-known pastor. A sermon on his Raymond Ortland Jr. And he preached a sermon on this very passage. And I want you to listen carefully to what he says because it so beautifully summarizes what Isaiah is teaching us. Listen. God meets not the brilliant one. How many are in that class? One. God meets not the lucky one. How many are in that class? But God meets the one who is joyfully, humbly, going along in the simple, ordinary path of obedience. How many of us can do that? Joyfully, humbly, going along in the simple, ordinary path of obedience. Says Pastor Ortland, that's where God can be found. Not with a guru on a mountaintop, but right where you are, if you're willing. You don't need to run from your life. It's where God wants to meet. You just need to, you don't need to wait for ideal conditions. You just need to use the life you do have to remember God and His ways. Are God's ways your ways? Is He the center of your lifestyle? For all of us, that's an adjustment worth making. And that's exactly right. You just need to use the life you do have to remember God and His ways. Are God's ways your ways? Is He the center of your lifestyle? That's an adjustment all of us can make. And when we do, remember this. Before we can ever serve God, we must allow Him to serve us first in this healthy way He calls us to. Let's thank Him together, shall we? Sing together. Just before we sing together and close our service,
Perhaps you're here today and, and you're not even sure you're one of God's people. Maybe you've never trusted Him as your Lord and Savior, and therefore He doesn't live within your heart. You've never experienced amazing grace. And you can do that now. Wherever you may be in your understanding of God, in the quietness of your heart, you can turn to Him. You can ask Him to show you your need of Him. The greatness of His Savior who came to give His life a ransom for you. Who calls you to repent and believe in the Gospel. Who says He will forgive you and give you eternal life and make you a child of God. And then begin you on an amazing journey of Him walking with you and serving you as you follow him if you're not here if you're here today and you're not sure that you belong to him would you turn to jesus right where you are right now and if you have questions about this to help people come that's why we're here The whole purpose of our church is to help people come to understand how they can have eternal life. And if you don't have that assurance, you please come and talk to us because we want to share with you and help you to see how you can have the greatest life anyone could ever experience. And maybe you're here today and And you are working hard as a Christian to be God's servant. And every day is a day of perhaps trudgery and drudgery as you try all your might to do what God has called you to do. But maybe you haven't woken up every day with this idea that God, you want to serve me. You are the giving and the serving God. And the real key is to make sure that my relationship with you is where it ought to be. Because if it's where it ought to be, then the other things in my life will take care of themselves. And focus each and every day on the God who loves you, the God who wants to enable you, the God who wants to assist you, and the God who wants to be in healthy relationship with you. And that will make in your entire outlook. Lord, today, hear the prayers of those who need you. Hear the prayers of us who need to depend upon You and to trust You. And we'll thank You and we'll praise You for Jesus' wonderful sake. And all of God's people said together, Amen. Amen.